1: Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian.
3: This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw, live from the Circus Sportsbook on vSEN, the sports betting network.
4: Welcome into Odds On. I am Mike Palm. He is Amal Shaw. Huge Friday program on tap. The Little Bird, Noah Eagles, didn't join the program in 30 minutes. We'll discuss the NBA Finals as well as, we might know, but maybe not by that time, both the women's and men's finals at Roland Garros. Your boy Rafa marches on, 7-6 in the first, and then he rolls the ankle of the young German. And uh, by default, bad for us, I mean, because we had some bets that were probably favorites at the time. Um, he moves on his retirement, Zeriev, uh 6-6 six, six in the second.
3: Yeah, for anyone that didn't see it, uh, Sasha Zverev goes down with a uh, bad ankle turn uh, at 6 was it six six officially or um six, six five? Six, yeah, six. it was six six. That mm-hmm. was the point to go to the tie yep. break. And it goes down with the tw- uh, really bad uh, twisted right ankle. And it's funny, Britain, Rob and I were talking about the shesha. We can't believe on clay this doesn't happen more often. And boom, right there, uh he goes down. I'll tell you what though. I don't know if you saw that first set tiebreaker. I
4: watched every point of the first set of mine. i got to
3: tell you. Hour and 42-minute first set. The greatness of Rafael Nadal was on display down four
4: set points at 2-6 in the breaker. His heroics on that court in particular through the last decade and a half are remarkable. They had the best set. Do you know when he wins the first set? He's 99-1. Here's my observation, and it's a little bit of hyperbole, but... He didn't have a winner till he was down 6-2 in the tiebreaker, <laughs> and then he had like six out of seven points, he hit clear winners. Well, you thought he wasn't even human some of the shots. I mean, Mike, the shots he well, was getting back. He, he he gets a serve to get it to 6-3. Yeah. And then on Z's first serve, he has a volley to win the set and misses it, and it was just all in his head at that point, I think.
3: Yeah, but give Rafa How about credit. that shot?
4: How about that cross-court shot? At 6-4,
3: yeah. I mean, it was unbelievable. But it should, look, I, I think we're going to have a pretty good final, a tough matchup right now with Rudin Chilich. Um Chile taking the first set, so we'll see what happens. But I can tell you right now, on Sunday, because Rafa, luckily for him, he would have gone five hours in this match. I say more than five hours. Yeah, it might have been the, if, it go, if it
4: goes four sets, it could have got close to six hours.
3: Yeah, every set five. was
4: headed to a tie break.
3: <laughs> it really was. And uh, I tell you what, the Rafa now on Sunday mm-hmm. probably be about a five dollar favorite. Doesn't matter. You take Rafa. Never lost in a Grand Slam final at Roland Garros.
4: All right, we'll talk to you. Uh, Noah Eagle also works for the Tennis Channel about both uh, finals matchups. Uh, some good pitching matchups in Major League Baseball today we're going to hit in the next segment. Big game two tonight at Madison Square Garden in the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. Pablo Fronso shuts out the Edmonton Oilers last night in Denver. Very what, impressive. What were the odds on Fronso to keep a clean sheet last <laughs> night? <laughs> pretty high, pretty high. But well, Let's start with what happened in Oakland and specifically the fourth quarter last night as it looked like the Golden State Warriors were on cruise control against the Celtics to take for the 19th out of 20th time the home team winning game one of the NBA Finals. And the Celtics put a 40-burger on them in the fourth quarter and win that game of them all, 120 to 108. And the series price all of a sudden goes from the Warriors 150 to the Celtics minus $1. 75. i I've seen a Celtics as high as a dollar 90 in the series at a book here in town.
3: Yeah, I thought the supermodel Draymond Green was going to stop everybody from scoring, but obviously it didn't. Wasn't the case there. Um, you know, you look at Steph; he goes crazy, right? In about midway through the first, early second quarter, he had 21 points, winds up with 34. Nice shooting night: 12 for 25, seven for 14 from downtown. But I'm telling you one thing: I'm noticing nobody's calling out Clay Thompson. This guy's supposed to be right there with Steph. What, what is this a joke? I mean, Clay Thompson. Hey, don't don't be afraid to show up for more than a quarter.
4: You know. As they had done during the regular season, the Warriors dominated the third quarter. They were down at half, mm-hmm. uh, dominated the third quarter to take a twelve-point lead into the fourth quarter. I really wasn't watching as closely. I was trying to end game some of the hockey, trying to find uh, some opportunities there for for to get it at, get it to an under four and a half there after the three quick goals. And all of a sudden, I look up. The Celtics are down four. The Celtics have tied it. The Celtics are up six, and I stopped watching because I knew my minus three and a half was done at that point.
3: They go on a 20, technically 25 run to close Mm -hmm. out the game, but that was a useless three-pointer by Golden State with about 10 seconds remaining. I mean, in essence, they go on a 20-3 to run. No answer, and I thought the key factor in the game was when Green gets fouled, I think they were down five or seven, something like that, and Green misses two free throws. Missed opportunity for uh, Golden State there. Tell you what, though, it's going to be interesting to see how they respond in game number two because they shot the ball extremely well, and I'm telling you from a Warriors' perspective, I was with a couple people that had Warriors bets, and I said, you guys are in trouble. You're down two at the break, and you shot the ball this well? well. Mm -hmm. It's not going to bode well for you.
4: I know you didn't have a play on last night. You hadn't attacked the finals yet. As you look at the series price, Celtics, you can find them at $1.75, or the Warriors at $1.50. Are you going to jump in at this point before game two?
3: No. Look, I think this is a tough series to call. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the ideal scenario would have been if you took – the Celtics before this series started now you yeah. take Golden State plus it's price. Over. You're all
4: done with it. <laughs> You're all done with the check check the final score a month later and your your money will get posted to your account.
3: So I was at the poker table playing with uh um a uh, guy's real sharp high stakes player and he goes, "We were talking about hedging cuz he had Golden State and so during the game he takes the Celtics in the third quarter. He goes, "Who are these imbeciles that tell you not to hedge?" He goes, "I can't believe the stupidity of it." He goes, yeah. "Do you make calls I, when you're not getting the right implied odds in poker, it's
4: the same thing. I, he had a nice middle. You could have had minus three and a half and and plus eight and a half there in that in that game. He
3: had taken the Warriors money line. They get down ten or eleven. He goes, it was funny. It was like us. He goes, I'm done.
4: And he took the Celtics money line. He goes, it's
3: over. He goes, who cares? Yeah. I don't care. goes,
4: <laughs> yeah. Uh, from a series spread perspective, um, interesting here. Celtics minus a game and a half right now to win in six, which would mean a um, or, or or sooner minus one ten now. Warriors plus one and a half. Minus 110. Celtics minus two and a half games, plus 250. Warriors plus two and a half games, minus 350.
3: Um, I like that. Warriors plus one and a half games. That's pretty interesting. I mean, I, look, they got to win three games. You win the bet. I mean, if you still believe they're going to win this series, I think that's the bet to take. Do you uh, think
4: home court means that much in this series?
3: Well, I, I think it's going to be tough when you go to Boston. You do? Yes, I, I absolutely believe that. Now, I think on Sunday... Here's the problem I have for Golden State. They played so well. They came out. You could feel the energy in the first quarter. But Boston responded. Every haymaker Golden State threw, they had a response for.
4: Uh, Series uh, finals MVP odds yesterday going into the game. Steph was plus 110. Tatum was plus 170. Now Tatum the favorite, plus 125. Steph plus 155. Might it be time, if you like the Warriors, to jump in at Steph at plus 155? I don't think... That if the Warriors win the series, anybody but Steph's winning MVP. I would agree with at you.
3: At I, point, right? I don't <laughs> think it's going to be possible. I mean, y- they would have to go on a tear. Uh, Clay, you know, he he was a guy you could potentially look at as Casper Rude. Mike, I just want to let you know it just breaks back since you were telling me this match was over.
4: Yeah, well, I didn't tell you the match was over. I said it might be straight sets. I, didn't even, he, I think he broke to love to take a 2-1 lead uh, and about to serve in the second set. Game two, Sunday night. I said I think this line will close four. Yeah. Interesting. Yesterday, some books in town got to four. Yeah, we were on the verge of going to three before tip because sharp money was coming in on Boston in the last half hour there, and we were talking about going to three. Well,
3: first of all, I, I always hate the assertion of the term sharp money. Well, okay, professional money. Yeah, that's fair yeah. because because I always think the other side when you say I don't it, like the term either because uh, it's recreational versus professional. Yeah, absolutely.
4: Right. Um, well, you're saying the other side's obtuse. Yeah, uh,
3: yeah. Yeah. What is this Shawshank? I mean, you know, come on. But the bottom line to me is, it was a great bet. You look at it, and they were on the right side. They are taking the plus three and a half or three. Uh, I thought this game could have gone either way. Never got involved in it. I did think about taking Boston when they were down in the third quarter, but I just really didn't have the guts to pull the trigger. Um, give the Celtics a ton of credit for the way they came back and fought back in defensively. There were several quarter. times
4: in that game they could have went down 15-20 and it would have been over. Yeah, absolutely. But they kept, they kept cutting it back to eight. then could back to three, back to eight, back to three.
3: You know, I, I think when you look at this team, Emeka Udoku, who used to coach under Pop, he deserves so much credit, his temperament. One thing I love about him, and this is not my personality, so I was admired in other people when they have that strength, he's very even keel. And I, I think that bodes so well for this team because Marcus Smart is probably more in a disposition of high and low, whereas Jalen Brown is very even keel. I think Tatum kind of is closer to the Jalen Brown side there. And this team, and Al Horford for sure, they just feed off of that. They never feel like they're out of it. How about Al Horford, man? 20, I mean, this guy 26. was
4: playing. <laughs> Al Horford was playing like it was an SEC game against Kentucky. Can he sustain it for seven games in this series? If
3: he doesn't need good? to because remember one thing. Jalen, excuse me, Jason Tatum? Oh, he wasn't even there last night. Did, did well, he, he, he got a dozen. You got a dozen on three for seventeen. Come on, you know Max Kellerman tried to say if he wins Finals MVP, is the best player in the league, and and I love Jay Williams' response. He goes, "You know, Giannis still exists." And (laughs) but my point is, you win this game with Tatum going three for seventeen, Steph goes twelve for twenty-five and seven for fourteen, and you get blown out. This is you're telling me
4: to bet the Celtics.
3: Yeah, I I am, but but I got (laughs) to tell you, I
4: don't think you can discount Golden State. Series point leader market, that, that prop. Is that total points? Or- total total points, not okay. per game. Okay. Total points in the series. Steph takes the lead with 34. Al Horford the second most at 26. <laughs> Steph minus 250 to be the scoring leader for the series. Tatum now up to plus 350. Jalen Brown had 24. He's plus $7. Al Horford 26. He's 80 to 1.
3: I, I got to tell you right now, you got to take this bet at minus 250. Yeah.
4: Because yeah. Steph is plus 10 over um, Jalen Brown.
3: Can we go ahead and take Al Horford off the list? How about he's plus 22 Two off over Tatum. Tatum? That's
4: exactly. it's yeah, almost Horford. Like, Horford let's, but he's 80-1. Yeah. to 1. He's almost off the list. Already. No,
3: I think minus 250 is a good price on Steph. Because I think if Golden State's going to have a chance in this series,
4: Steph has got to play extremely well. Who will be the Celtics' leading scorer? Will it be Tatum or Brown? Brown with a 12-point lead over Tatum after game one.
3: You know, Tatum's capable of a 35-40-point game, but I still think when you look at it, I think Brown's going to be the guy. In terms of going over the average, I think he'll end up getting there just based on he'll put up this many points in every game. So for me, I would look at him potentially
4: here. You like Clay over last night. Big disappointment, 15 points. Didn't take enough shots. Yeah. Well, when they're, g- they're giving Steph all the open threes, yeah, it's going to be hard for him to get the ball. The VEASAN Summer Special is here. For only $39, you get everything VEASAN has to offer from now through the end of July. Adam Burke on Major League Baseball, JVT on the NBA Finals, and Andy McNeil on Lord Stanley's Cup. We'll also have lots of NFL preseason coverage, not to mention golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. If you want the full v experience, which features a daily Best Bets email around 9 a.m. Pacific, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, which comes out each Wednesday, use of our betting tools and a live video stream whenever you want it. It only costs $39 through July 31st. Sign up now at v Slash summer, when we come back, can the Tampa Bay Lightning keep their streak of wins after playoff losses alive tonight at the Garden?
2: Zen, the Sports Betting Network.
4: Zen nicotine pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine. Nicotine pouches are smoke free and spit free and are made with food grade ingredients. Simply open the child resistant lid and place the pouch between your upper lip and gum for up to one hour of real nicotine satisfaction. Zen is, variable, is available in 10 varieties and two different strengths. Three milligrams for fresh nicotine satisfaction. And six milligrams for even more nicotine enjoyment. Simple and discreet, you can enjoy Zen anywhere, anytime. Find your freedom, find your satisfaction, find your Zen. Visit Zen.com, that's Z-Y-N.com to learn more and to find Zen nicotine pouches near you. Zen nicotine pouches are only for adults 21 plus who currently use tobacco or nicotine, which is an addictive chemical. Welcome back into Odds On Mike Palm here with Amal Shaw. Casper Rood breaks Chilich early in the second set, up 3-1 with Chilich serving. We're going to have Noah Eagle, who works for the Tennis Channel, also the play-by-play voice of the Los Angeles Clippers, and Ian Eagle's son, our good friend. He's going to join the program in 15 minutes to talk about the NBA Finals and the Finals of the French Open as well. Amal, let's turn our attention to Lord Stanley's cup. And what happened last night in Colorado? The Oilers stuck with Mike Smith against Pavel Fransot in net for Colorado. scoreless first period, and it wasn't for a lack of action. It was up and down the ice. But then in about a a two-and-a-half-minute period in the second, they beat Mike Smith three times, and that was all she wrote. Final, um, four to nothing. This game was seven-and-a-half in some spots, seven in others. But moving forward here... How much of a chance do you give Edmonton? They're plus six dollars to win this series. Is that enough? No, it's not. I told you this series is going to end in four or five games. You said that.
3: Colorado's a completely better team and um, dominant performance last night. This team is just has too much firepower offensively. I mean, you you look at what they were able to do, uh, and how about in the second and third periods, Mike? Eleven combined shots on goal over forty minutes yeah. for the Oilers. Yes, great, great
4: defense. It was, it was very good defense, but you knew they had to focus defensively after what happened, giving up six in game number one on your home ice. I would agree with you, and, you know, the... And Franco didn't have to make really that many difficult saves. Did not.
3: I didn't have the guts to take it, but I, I thought the prudent play might be to come back, especially at so, seven and a half under. So,
4: here's what I did. I, I didn't play it free flop Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I leaned seven and a half, right? Because I didn't want to lay the juice 40 cents on over seven. Pre-game, by the way. Yeah, pre-flop, as, as E taught us. Uh, you may not understand. And that's the dumbest that is crap pol- in the world. If you don't play poker, you don't even know what it means. Well, you know, that's why we had to show the nuts, but then nobody knew what it meant. <laughs> so I, thank you, Your Honor. Exhibit C. Now, <laughs> <laughs> I waited. You know, after the under 14 timeout, it was under one and a half and it was only minus 140. Because of, because of how much the juice was on the over two and a half uh, in the first period. And I thought it was just a cheap price. And I said, look, if I lay 115 now and we get to the under 10, it's going to be like 190 and you can take back 170. I I didn't even do it at that point. I said, just let it ride if they get to and beat me. I stayed off the second period. And, I, and, I, and then I took under four and a half with nine minutes to go. And Mike Smith's glove falls off and he gives up a terrible goal with four minutes. I said, that's going to beat me now because Mike Smith his glove fell off. You just put your hand behind your back like everybody else is. He wanted a whistle. You're not going to get a whistle cuz your gloves off. Only your mask. Yeah, cuz otherwise you can throw your glove. Yeah, off. Ab- absolutely. Yeah. Um All right, let's uh let's look at the series correct scores. The sweep now for the Avs, plus 215, Avs and 5, plus 205. Those numbers were both around $3 yesterday. They've come down and you still believe in that bet. Uh, Look, you can bet them both for 100 and you win 100 either way. In in other words, right? You lose 100, you win 200. I'm I'm looking at the numbers, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. still an even money bet. A little better than even money, plus 105. How?
3: I don't see Edmonton winning both games at home, let alone winning in Denver. I mean, they're just completely outclassed. I think we're going to have a fantastic final. You're going to have two great defensive teams And both teams capable of playing offense against an elite, elite offensive team. No matter who comes out of the East.
4: Yeah. All right, so let's move to that. It's uh, Madison Square Garden tonight. Game two, Lightning Rangers. Rangers win game one, six to two. Now remember, the Lightning have not lost in three years two consecutive playoff games. Uh, 19 in a row. 19 in a row. (laughs) Look at this price. Put up the price on this Lightning game here. 125 it's right, it's circa right now it's 117 120 in a lot of spots lightning are still favored on the road yes' all
3: it Zev just went uh, I mean Chilich just went full Zeb lob shot knocks it right into the middle of the net
4: I thought he rolled his ankle <laughs> um total five and a half here again series price Rangers a 1.25 lightning plus 105 your thoughts on game two tonight in New York like the Rangers
3: Shosturkin is playing outstanding hockey. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine who played uh, goalie in college, and he said, you know how you know Shosturkin's playing extremely well? He's never out of position. He's not like flopping like a fish out of water in terms of trying to make a play. He's always in the right position, and great goaltenders are able to do that. It's the guys who make the acrobatic saves Sometimes they get caught out of position. You're not seeing that with Igor Shosturkin. We always talk about goaltenders standing on their head. Since the end of the fourth game against Pittsburgh, Shusterkin has basically stood on his head when you look at over the last 11 games in terms of what he's been able to do. Remember against Carolina in seven games, only one time did they yield more than two goals.
4: I want to interrupt you quickly. There's a game about to get underway. Cardinals at Cubs, the lone matinee. I do have a play on the game. Miles Mikolas for the Cardinals, Marcus Stroman for the Cubs. Cubs a short favorite at home here. Total eight and a half. Cubs win the series opener last night. Any thoughts on this game?
3: Yeah, I actually like the cards here because uh, Cubs are on a three-game winning streak. Uh, Cardinals bounce back after last night. I love the way Mikolas has pitched. Stroman, to me, is not consistent enough.
4: I'm going to gamble that this is one of his good starts. I took under under four, first five, plus 105. Well, this you has got some guts in a day game in Chicago. Well, Mikolas hasn't had a bad start. No, I mean, he, he, he has keeps, not. He just keeps getting it done. And as you say, you know, he's undervalued to the market here. Some inkless money coming in, making this game a pick as they're about to go first pitch tonight. I'm gonna test, I'm gonna test just how important Tampa's play has been, this streak of 19 in a row over three years. The fact they got, you know, beat pretty handily in game number one in Madison Square Garden. And I'm not gonna hedge with a Rangers no bet right now at four forty. But I'm going to take Tampa Bay tonight in game two. And if I lose this bet tonight and the Rangers go up 2 nothing, I think I let it ride for the Rangers to win the series and see what price I get on Colorado against Colorado in the final. I hear
3: what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I would counter that with, if you can get a good number on Tampa, I would take it because Tampa's one of those teams, I think, that's capable of being down 2-0 and not uh, pa- uh, panicking. Mm-hmm. I think they've got a great opportunity to still be able to come back in the series. Vasilevsky has to play better. Look, if Vasilevsky right. plays at a level
4: that he's capable of, I think this thing
3: could come down to fewest
4: mistakes. But I think that the good thing about the way they got beat was they beat him the same way time and time again on, in game one. They got him moving from post to post, and when he moved, he dropped down, and they went over his shoulder every time. When they were able to pass cross ice and shoot high, that's when they got four of their six goals, Them all. So I think he's got to consciously correct that, that when he moves, he's still got to stay high and force him to change the direction and shoot low on him, I think.
3: I don't disagree with that. I think you bring up a good point. That got exposed a little bit. But look, you don't become the best goaltender in the world over the last four or five years
4: by not being able to make some adjustment mm-hmm. and corrections. I think the league would have figured it out a long time ago. And, and saying that Tampa Bay has won 19 in a row following a loss, that means Andre Vasilevsky has also won 19 in a row following a <laughs> yeah. loss because he's been their guy the whole way in these last three yeah. playoff runs. I want to talk to you about this series from a game's perspective. Rangers minus a game and a half of them all. To win in, in six or fewer, plus 155. What do you think of that price? It's not bad. Um, You've been more confident in the Rangers than I have. I mean, Supreme. You, they were down three to one to Pittsburgh. You took them plus $5. You I, said they were going to win game seven. They won easily in Carolina. Just, I covered
3: the NHL for a long time. And I can tell you in the playoffs, the one thing I saw was when you saw great goaltending, no matter how good your offense was, you just couldn't. It's like in baseball. And one of the things you and I love about baseball, we talk about John Smoltz. When Smoltz, is on the mound in the postseason, you were just not going to beat him. He was just better than your bats. And it's the same thing with just in terms of his net mining. He is playing so well that right now, if you can stay out of the box, stop giving away odd man rushes, it's going to be tough, tough to score on them on a 5v5. Five five.
4: And the Rangers have did the last three games of the series against Carolina and in game one mm-hmm. took fewer penalties. You can't beat this team mm-hmm. five on five.
3: Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe you get, you know, um, you need Joe Pavelski in front of the net to tip one yeah. in for you from an angle. Yeah. He's the best in the league at that. It's hard to beat him. You're not going to beat him from the outside. Now, Stammer hit a shot that was unbelievable, but you know, and somebody brought this, uh, I think it was um, Ferraro brought this up in the broadcast. He said, I don't think he saw the shot
4: until about halfway through, and he was right. Stanley Cup odds now after Avalanche. Remember, the Avalanche started this at plus. 110. The, the, when the Final Four started, the the Conference Championships, they were plus 120. Then they moved to minus 110 after winning Game One against uh, Edmonton. And now, at, with a two nothing lead, the Avalanche moved to a dollar fifty five. Lightning, you can get plus three eighty. The Rangers four to one, and the Oilers now sixteen to one. Them all.
3: Well, first of all, um, I would bet if you're confident one way or the other in the East, I would bet the team on the plus price, whether it's Tampa or the Rangers, because mm-hmm. when we get to
4: the series price, it will not be this high. I think the Avalanche would be about a dollar seventy to dollar eighty favorite over Tampa in a final, and maybe a two dollar favorite over the Rangers. I was going to say two ten. I agree with yeah. you on the pricing on both. Uh, of them. Yeah, I think so. Um, great pitching matchup tonight in Milwaukee, which we'll hit later in the program. Corbin Burns against Joe Musgrove. Important for my Cy Young ticket on Musgrove because Musgrove's been perfect, been great. But Burns right now the leader at uh, two twenty to win the National League Cy Young. Second choice. Sandy Alcantara at six to one. Up next, Noah Eagle.
2: This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VCN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: Want more betting insights to give you an edge? Well, who doesn't if they paid the $39? Check out VEASAN's Best Bets podcast. You can listen to daily sports betting highlights from the entire 24-7 stream of VEASAN experts, tracking line moves, odds, props, wins, losses, and bad beats from sportsbooks right here in Las Vegas and all across the country. Download the VEASAN Best Bets podcast now at vcen.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into Odds On. Mike Palm here with Amal Shaw. It's our pleasure to bring in Noah Eagle, the play-by-play voice of the Los Angeles Clippers, also works for the Tennis Channel. And Noah, I want to start off with the match underway here, the second mid-semifinal at Roland Garros. Marin Cilic gets a break late in the first set and 6-3. Rude serving 30-love, 4-3, up a break in the second set. Casper Rude was about a $2 favorite going into this match. Do you like Rude now to come back from a set down and win this?
2: Yeah, this is a really tough one to choose, guys. Honestly, it's it's one that I've gone back and forth with, just because Casper Ruud should be the favorite. He's much better on this surface. This is where he thrives. He's essentially been down the Prince of Clay around the ATP Tour, but but Marin Cilic is someone who's got experience in these big matches. He's got experience in prime time on show courts like Philippe Chatrier, and he's got experience winning a major at the U.S. Open. So the furthest he's ever gotten at Roland Garros is this going to be his final push to potentially give himself that final chance again at another grand slam title? I can't necessarily say that I am going to pick Chilich to win the match, just because I believe rude is better on the clay, but Chilich is certainly primed and he's certainly comfortable in this moment. And that's why I think this match is going to be a lot closer than maybe a lot anticipated because of Rude's at least elevation on this surface in theory.
3: Yeah, I think you make some compelling arguments for both sides on that one. I want to go to Sunday's match, regardless of who it is. Is there any price that you would think is too high for Rafa? Never lost in a final here at Roland Garros. The only concern I have is the match today, uh, with the abrupt ending, unfortunately, he's been on court in the last three matches against FAA, Novak, and now uh, Zev for 11 hours. Are you concerned yeah. at all about fatigue going into Sunday for him?
2: Right. You're saying his last three matches are longer than the day of NFL Red Zone, which (laughs) is a lot to say because somehow Scott Hansen doesn't go to the bathroom. I don't know how he does it. I really, that is like the greatest mystery in the world. But to answer your question, I don't know if there is a price. I I said said when I talked to you guys a couple weeks ago at the start of the tournament, it's just, it's impossible for me to justify ever picking against Rafa Nadal in a best of five on clay. And especially at this tournament. I know he's lost a couple times, and one of those was last year to Novak. But even when it looked like he wasn't going to be a favorite, it was supposed to be Novak, it was supposed to be Carlos Alvarez as the favorites in this tournament. He still emerges because of that will to win. You've got just certain athletes that have it, the Michael Jordan type of effect. And Rafa's going to play every single point until he physically can't play it anymore, which we saw in the lead up tournaments on the clay up until this Roland Garros extravaganza, he had the foot issue. He couldn't even push off of his right foot a lot of times playing to matches and was eventually forced to sideline himself to prepare. So a lot of people were saying there's no way he can hold up physically. Well, he defies the odds once again, and that's why I wouldn't bet against him. I would I would absolutely take whatever the price might be, whatever the odds might be. You take a Nadal because to, to the point where I was talking about with Marin Cilic of, Hey, he's been on this stage before. There's no one that's been on this stage at this tournament more than Rafa Nadal. And you take the experience and the skill set and the will to win over anything else.
3: Completely agree with you there. And, you know, to Noah's point about uh, Rafa's competitiveness, I said this to you, and Towers went crazy on me. I said Rafa's the greatest competitor I've ever seen. You know, with all due respect to Jordan and everybody, this guy doesn't give you a single point, Mike.
4: Well, the heroics on this court over and over again. I mean, he barely had a winner in that first set until he got down 6-2 to two in the tiebreak. <laughs> Noah, let's go to tomorrow morning. Uh, Coco Goff, who's made the finals in both the doubles and the singles here, quite a feat at Wimbledon, playing with uh, playing with the uh, Pagula on the doubles side, takes on Iga Swiatek. I want to ask you for some betting advice. I have a ticket yeah. that I bet in the early stages of the tournament in Monte Carlo, a future on Iga at two to one to win the French. She's a seven dollar favorite, minus seven hundred. I can get five to one back on Coco Golf, I'm trying to decide if I should hedge my Iga bet, and what chances are there that she really gets beat two sets by Coco. Is Iga Sviatek really this dominant, or is she simply Moses, who parts the Red Seas every time she comes into these tournaments and beats up on a bunch of WTTA wine moms?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, listen... When I woke up this morning, I did not expect Iga's fiance to be compared to Moses, but I'm not mad at it at the same time. Like anytime we can get a part, the red sea, or even in this case, part, the red clay, I'm all for it, but uh, this is a tough one. I'm always, a, I, I am always a proponent of hedging. And when you have an opportunity to do so, that's a great future that you took, even if it is two to one, because she's been that dominant, she's got a 34 match winning streak for a reason. It's because she's locked in. And right now, she's in a different stratosphere of everyone else. You know, when we talked a couple weeks ago, I told you guys, if Ash Barty hadn't retired, that would have been the women's side's newest rivalry. And it would have been for years to come, a decade plus in the future. It would have been one of those all-time big three type back and forth because they're both so young. And they're both going to be hitting their stride only moving forward. Well, the hope is that, okay, Ash Barty's gone can Coco Goff take her place? I'd mentioned that I thought she had a chance to win this tournament. She won it as a junior and she was very young when she did so 14 years old, which is pretty impressive stuff for someone to come out and win a tournament like this. She actually beat in the final came from behind to beat Katie McNally, who is her normal doubles partner. Those have had a very wide variety of success so far on the tour together. So we know that Coco Goff is, comfortable on this surface I think that's the first part of it because Americans you you don't always know about the clay how they're going to react and on the men's side we saw that they didn't quite have it weren't as comfortable on this clay surface as they would be on eventually grass and of course hard court and so I think that Coco got comfortability and her movement on the clay is already going to give her a confidence now it's just about making sure okay is she buttoned up on her second serve if she is that obviously is going to play in her hand something that she's really worked on the last two years. I thought the win over Trevisan in the semifinal was huge. That was exercising some demons from 2020. I did that match, actually. That The, the Trevisan-Coco Gough 2020 match, it was almost shocking. She had a huge lead in the first set and then could not make a second serve.
3: So 19 double faults. Herself.
2: Yeah, exercising those demons, massive for Coco Gough. I think that this is going to be a closer match than people would anticipate. It is hard to pick against Diga's Fiantech. I think she's just been that good, and she is truly just above everyone else. She's in the class by herself at the moment.
4: In that match, Noah, was Coco's second serves as hard as the 72 mile an hour's we were seeing from Sasha Zarev in, the, in that in that game at 4-5 against, against Rafa today? I couldn't believe that. And right to the bottom of the net.
2: You know, it's crazy. It, it's so fickle how things work with serving on the pro level you don't realize it because both the men and women they're so talented they're so skilled and they work so many hours to perfect their craft but all it takes is one mental blip and it completely derails a game a set a match i've seen this from sasha Zverev before during the restart to the tour in 2020 He was struggling mightily with that second serve, not just throwing it in there at 72 miles an hour. He was serving it to the opposite service box, which is you never see that from a pro. And certainly you never see that from a top five player in the world. And that's what he is. He is a top five player, bona fide superstar in the tennis world. And yet for whatever reason, he has these mental blocks and it happens to him from time. We saw it in the U S open final against Dominic team a couple of years ago. Yep a final in which he had control over and couldn't close. It just, you never know how it's going to come. You never know how it's going to show itself. And of course, the the bummer for him is getting hurt at the end of that match, having to retire at the end of the second set in the tie break. You never want to see that from anyone. You certainly never want to see that with the stakes as high as they were, but it's something he'll have to work through the mental side of it with his serve. Whatever he needs to do to get over it, that could be the final piece to him winning a major one day
3: want to shift real quickly to Wimbledon. we got about a minute left. Noah, um, Medvedev's going to be out because Russians and Belarusians are unable to play at Wimbledon. Now, Joker could be going in there carrying the first two Grand Slams. He's had a tremendous—I'm sorry, not Joker, uh, a Rafa. Does Joker, in your mind, still become the prohibitive favorite there despite Rafa's past successes at Wimbledon? Can he come through on the grass courts and get three legs of the Grand Slam?
2: Yeah, you know, honestly, it's going to be super interesting to watch. I think that Novak would have to be, should he be playing, he would have to be the favorite without a doubt, just because of the skill set, just because of the weapons he possesses, certainly the serve. But (laughs) we go back to that will to win, you know, Rafa doesn't feel as comfortable on the grass as he does on the other two, but it is going to be a super interesting tournament in my opinion. That's why I think tennis is in such a great spot right now sure you've got the big three and quite honestly they're still dominating and winning the majors but the path isn't as easy as it once was so it'll be interesting to watch
4: thanks for the time noah say hello to your dad at dinner on sunday from us
2: oh
0: i will i
4: definitely will <laughs> thank you all right when we come back to in major league baseball including musgrove versus burns in milwaukee tonight
0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
2: This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on vSEN, the sports betting network.
3: Bet Rivers is your home for betting on the French Open. Log in any day at the French Open to receive a 20% profit boost that you can use on any live in-play bet on the French Open. The top half of the men's straw is loaded and it's shaping up to be an amazing Grand Slam event. Get your free profit boost today and every day at BetRivers.com or on the BetRivers app. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome
4: back into Odds On. Mike Palm here with Amal Shaw. Thanks to Noah Eagle for that terrific segment on the French Open and a look ahead to Wimbledon. Um. All well, any official plays for the weekend or something stuff you're looking at. Um. I, I will tell you this. Whatever the price is on Rafa on Sunday, minus a thousand. No, you're uh, not laying a thousand. I will Ungrast? against either of them. Yes, hundred percent. Even the uh, ravishing, Rude? ravishing Casper The problem is,
3: Rafa he's just not going to be a minus a thousand. He won't though. be minus a thousand. What would I mean, it be? Four fifty. Four fifty to five. To five. It, Rafa has lost three matches here. I mean, three and two of them to Novak.
4: And one of them was on his birthday. You know, it was his birthday today. I did not know that. Yeah, he was like 9-1 and one on his birthday. And the one match he lost was to one of the two to Novak. And it was his worst. It was when Novak beat him in 2015. That uh, was and the year I
3: back. lost a lot of money on Novak in the final against Stan Wawrinka. I said, Novak got... Yeah, He's still around, I, playing yes. in these
4: smaller tournaments <laughs> yeah. early mornings on the Tennis Channel. <laughs> in the Tri- Aires, open. Stan, <laughs> Stan's trying to come back. Bobrinca.
3: Stan... Um, Ends up in a situation where he beats Novak. I think he How big a dog
4: it. was he in that match? Big. You must have laid a big price. No, I didn't. I, had, had, Novak, I
3: had Novak um, games, and um, I thought, okay, he's going to win this thing easily.
4: Yeah. Um, all right, I do have some plays. I'm going to take this. It's a bet because I'm going to I'm going to ride this streak with Tampa Bay. Uh, four unit play on the Lightning minus 117. But it also sets me up if I lose the play. I'm in a great spot to get this the Rangers, I think, to the finals, or at least find a price only around minus 350 as a hedge to that Rangers ticket. This was a play from yesterday. It's still going. Chilich plus four games versus Rude. We're in the third set. Um, one set apiece. Chilich actually up a game right now. So Rude's got to win by f- six games the rest of the way to match out for me to lose this bet. Mikolas uh, gives up a three-run homer in the first nothing Cubs, so we're in a little bit of trouble there. And then I, I like the Jays. Uh, with Yusay Kikuchi, boy, they're playing well. Beat the White Sox again yesterday. bunch of runs in the bottom of the eighth. I, I, I'm, I'm taking them on the run line here tonight, minus one fifteen, and one more one-unit play. Took the Astros. I thought they're pretty cheap tonight um, at Kansas City with Urquiti, only a dollar twenty-five. Doesn't it seem cheap to you? It does. I, Against I, Brad Singer. Yeah, that seems like a little bit of a it should low. Should be more pressure. like one fifty. Yeah, I know. I, 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 that. So those are my plays uh, for the weekend. Let's get into some of this major league baseball here, Amal and. The only day game, of course, is the Cub Cardinals going right now. Sandy Alcantara mentioned it last night. They end up beating uh, Alex Wood and the Giants three to nothing. Alcantara now the second choice in the Cy Young market in the National League at plus six dollars. I took a little piece of that last night. Eliza Hernandez on the mound for the home Marlins tonight against Alex Cobb for the Giants. Giants, a road favorite here, minus a dollar forty eight. Total of eight juice to the under here, Amal. Thoughts on this game?
3: Um, you know, Giants are struggling. Last night they get shut out down in South Florida. Opportunity here to bounce back. Uh, I'm, I'm just disappointed the way they played so far down. I don't the think
4: they're as good as we think they are. No, I told you that before the season started. I, it's they won 107 games. It was an aberration. It's a little bit of an aberration. I think the Giants may not make the playoffs. I know we get the the wild card, but. I'm not sure they're that good, and I'm not sure they're justified being road favorites in a spot where you have two average pitchers.
3: There are two teams that lost key cogs from World Series Buster Posey. Without question. Remember, he Huge. was the catalyst in 10, 12, and 14. Huge. Not just the catcher and the best hitter, but the leader of that clubhouse. They took on his personality, and then you look at Freddie Freeman leaving Atlanta.
4: Nationals at Reds. This was a play I had yesterday, fading a Don mm-hmm. at a short price. Reds went wire to wire there. Josiah Gray against Minor tonight. Reds a dollar around a dollar thirty home favorite. And in the small park, I'm all total of ten. Tell you what, they were impressive last night. They're playing That's good me, ball the after that they are. three and twenty two start. I don't think they're winning the division, but uh I, I still no, but, do. But their, I think their win total got as low as like fifty five and a half when they were three and twenty two. I mean if you jumped in and you bought low on them I'd love that bet right now.
3: Yeah, 18 and 32 far better than what they were at 1. point. like 3 and 22?
4: 3 and 22 they Yeah, so the 15
3: and 10 uh you know yeah. playing much better baseball. Uh 13 and a half back but still
4: a long way to go. Do you concur the Nationals are the worst team in baseball? Uh I'm Trying to think who else is that bad. Um no. You know who I think is worse is you Oakland. think Oakland? Yeah, I because do. they just can't score. They can't score. Uh, D-backs at the Pirates tonight. Merrill Kelly against uh, the, the warden, JT Brubaker. <laughs> short short road favorite here tonight for the D-backs. I was looking. It's total seven and a half. I was actually looking a little bit D-backs here. Uh, not a bad play. I think this is a very capable team. you got one team that can't beat the Dodgers and one team that can't lose to the Dodgers in this matchup. You
3: know, the Diamondbacks <laughs> remind me of a team in the SEC West. You look up in Alabama's there every year. Yeah. It's like with the Dodgers, right? It's like you got the Dodgers sitting there every year. I wish the Diamondbacks were in a different division. I love the way they compete. They just, for some reason, they they are not going to be able to spend the money, but this team just goes out and competes.
4: If the Diamondbacks were in the AL Central, would they win that division?
3: Well, the Twinkies are playing well. They've lost three in a row. By the way, <laughs> <Yeah. so laughs> Tigers. I have a buddy of mine. He went a little postal on the division bet. Put 5K on the White Sox to win the division before the season started. He just got swept in Toronto. <laughs> Well, you look at their next 13 of next uh, 19 games. They got the Bombers. They got the Dodgers. And they got the Blue Jays again. I'm going to tell you and something. Houston. The end of the day,
4: don't count out the Guardians yet.
3: Well, that's what I said. I said, <laughs> he goes, should I hedge off? I said, well, you got a problem. The Guardians are now there. But Guardians they, are in second place right now. Jimenez will be back on the seventh. And then you're looking at Anderson coming back shortly. This team could be dangerous. Um, I don't know. I think that division is
4: tough to call right now. Um, this is a game I I talked about in the tease. Padres at Brewers tonight. Padres blow a four-one lead in the in the ninth last night and lose five-four. Never recorded an out in the bottom of the ninth. Now Joe Musgrove takes the mound tonight against Corbin Burns. Burns, your favorite. I was surprised how short he is. Now he's your defending National League Cy Young winner, but he's two, two plus two twenty to win the NL Cy Young. His control isn't nearly what it was last year. Last year he had walked hardly anybody. He's he's averaging over. Uh, two walks per nine innings this year. Burns a dollar fifty-five at home here against Musgrove. Total six and a half juice to the over. I'm all first five, three and a half headed towards three.
3: Yeah, this is an interesting one here. I think the total is too low for me to play, um, but this should be a terrific pitching pitching matchup. Uh, would you take a shot with that first five? I know you're a first five guy, so I, I would actually me, would.
4: You at the three and a half? I actually would. Last night you had uh, Manaya and Hauser. The first five went under three and a half. I think you get two better pitchers tonight. Uh, Dodgers get swept by the Pirates. I'm telling you, Tony Gonsolin's been their best pitcher. They went two nothing last night.
3: You know, I'm so mad at myself. I didn't end up playing anything last night. And I looked at that game and I thought the price was a little bit high. And I said, ah, run line. You know, Mets can score. But I think it was Bassett on the mound. They may not score. T- oh, who was on the mound last night? Walker. Walker. Walker, Walker, Walker. Bassett yeah, that's goes right, tonight. tonight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I didn't end up taking it, but man, I thought Dodgers were in a good
4: spot having lost those three in a row at home. You knew they are going to come back at some point in time. I ended up taking under one and a half first five, under two and a half first seven, and under two and a half from the game, and luckily I got there on all three. Wait, wait, wait. You took under one and a half? First- uh, after no score, after three. I took under one and a half first five. And then after the first five hit, I took under two and a half first seven minus 150, and that got there two nothing. And then after the seventh inning got over, I took under two and a half minus... Uh, I think it was one thirty for the game. Wow!
3: Yeah, those th- all came through. They all came
4: in. Yeah, absolutely by, by that much, uh, by a short hair. Okay, tonight it's Bassett <laughs> against Anderson. What's the price? Dollar fifty on the Dodgers total eight and a half. Cheapest price you've seen on the Dodgers you know, in a while. Yeah, but you got the better pitcher and the Mets. Yes, you do. Yeah, so Bassett there. I, I think the Mets might be a play plus in the bounce back spot here for the Mets after they what? don't score last night.
3: Yeah, but you know the former GM Steve Phillips said something interesting, and I thought this is a really good point. He goes when a team gets shut out. Generally speaking, they may not flourish the next game. It's the game after that. You expect the offense to really get
4: back to full throttle. Speaking of the Guardians, now in second place in the Central, after the sweep of the Royals, they had uh, Baltimore tonight to take on the Orioles. Zimmerman for the Orioles. And Shane Bieber, one-time unanimous Cy Young winner two years ago for the Guardians. He hasn't been nearly as sharp this year. Bieber, I think this is a short price on the road. I didn't play it because I'm not sure he's right. But a forty-five on the road at Baltimore, total eight them all.
3: Uh, Baltimore in a tough game yesterday. comes from behind against Seattle, loses in extra innings, but um, I like the Guardians here. Uh, Baltimore is a little bit inconsistent, as we know, uh, but the Guardians, you talked about it. This team really coming on, and they may not be a bad look to win the division. I don't know what the price is. I know the White Sox right now are plus 120, Twinkies or 120, um, but the Guardians are a team you might want to keep an eye out if you're a division or a future better.
4: Uh, Joe Girardi got fired this morning. Did
3: you see that? I did. I, I thought the timing was a little bit peculiar. I know the team's not playing well.
4: well. Josh Towers kind of mentioned yesterday how many, how long you keep running Abel out there in the ninth and blowing these That's games. Um, big day for Shohei yesterday in the doubleheader uh, in New York. So went, tell me a little bit about his performance well, yesterday. He went one for nine, struck out three times, gave up four earned runs, three home runs, and three innings pitched, and took the loss and got picked off first base. Uh, and now the it Angels close. Angels have lost eight in a row as they go home to host. or they go to Philadelphia. Uh, Tonight, no starter uh, listed yet for the Phillies. Speaking of the streaking Tigers, they get to take on Garrett Cole. 350 favorite tonight. You want to play against Garrett Cole and the Yankees? Oh, you mean that
3: number one starter? Yeah.
4: No. Well, he beat the fake tough guy at one. You couldn't beat the fake tough guy in that game. Thanks for tuning in today, folks. Good luck with all your French Open bets and all your plays this weekend.
0: If you dare.